Hi, I'm Rami. And I'm Shannon, and this is Workplace Hugs, a podcast where we talk about interesting things we've read or heard to help all of us expand our life toolkit with a whole bunch of empathy, but without a whole new degree. Rami, what are we talking about this week? We're talking about our good friend Adam Grant, who's helping shine a beacon on a word that's describing, I think, where most people have existed from 2020 until now. Yeah, okay. Adam Grant, the guy that I can picture his little Instagram posts or his posts yeah. on LinkedIn, but I have no mm-hmm. freaking clue why he's why he originally got famous. <laughs> he, we've, I think we've covered at least one, if not two of his books, haven't we? Probably. Is he just a writer? Is that all he's famous for? I'm, I'm not, that, that sounded bad. I don't mean it like that. He's Adam Grant. Um, he is an author. We did think again, um, but he is a professor at Wharton in organizational psychology. Okay, look at this. So he's kind of like the Brene Brown of organizational psychology. Yes, well, a thousand percent. And I think, did he write a book with, um, he wrote a book with someone interesting. Maybe he didn't. Who is this? Give and take. I have no idea. Whatever. So he's uh, written another book about a word. No, no, this is an article from the New York Times. Okay. So the name of the the title of the article is "There's a name for that blah you're feeling." It's called languishing. Languishing. Have you heard of this word, Shannon? I mean, I've I've heard the word before. I wouldn't say I use it a lot. When I hear that word, maybe I've been watching too much Bridgerton. Um, when I hear that word, though, I just want to be like, "Ha!" Huh, like fainting on a couch somewhere in the 18 or 1700s what about on a um chaise lounge yes yes that is what i picture that is what i picture um okay so this idea of languishing as an emotion or a feeling um he says that it might be the dominant emotion of 2020 and 2021 um So I'm just going to read a quote from the article because I think he sets it up really well. So at first, I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned that they were having trouble concentrating. Colleagues reported that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't excited about 2021. A family member was staying up late to watch National Treasure again, even though she knows the movie by heart. And instead of bouncing out of bed at six, I was lying in there until seven playing words at friends. It wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. It, we just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. And it turns out there's a name for that. And it is languishing. Okay. I like need to break this out, down a little bit. It wasn't burnout because they had energy. It wasn't depression because they weren't feeling hopeless. They just felt joyless and aimless. Yes. Okay. So let's take a step back because I think you're hitting it on the nose here. Mental health is a spectrum from depression, which is one side, Uh to flourishing, which is the other side. Yes. Okay. So if we think of flourishing as being the peak of well-being, right? You have a strong sense of meaning, mastery, and matter to others. You are flourishing. That is like you maximizing life is you flourishing. Depression would be the other side. It's the valley of ill-being. So you're despondent, drained, and feel worthless. Okay. So then... Right in the middle is the neglected 
middle child, and it's the absence of well-being which is languishing. So it's just the absence of well-being. So you're not, you're not depressed, right? And you're not flourishing. You're like in the middle, but you don't have well-being. Yeah, I love this a lot. I mean, I don't love it. It's a ter- like it's a terrible state to be in. And I can relate relate it a little bit to uh, transition in the sense of like, it feels like a mini transition state. You know, it's like, it's not going back to an episode we just recorded. I don't remember what the number was. Uh, it feels like it's, it's, uh, you're not in a quake situation, but you're just feeling like an absence of joy and a little bit aimless, which like, those are two things that you need to mm-hmm. flourish. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that yeah. I was, I was going to back off aimless for a minute. I think you need like a, a loose sense of what you're headed towards. Yeah. We need joy and aim. Yes. And so he talks a little bit more about how the person who coined this is a sociologist named Corey Keyes. And he was struck that many people who weren't depressed, but also weren't thriving. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of that weird space of, well, I'm not depressed, but I'm also like not thriving. So like, what am I doing? Like, what's the, what's the, how do I, how do I describe that? I guess it's languishing. And here's what I think is interesting. They found that languishing is a precursor to depression, anxiety, and the study that they showed was that you're three times more likely, based on an Italian study from 2020, to have PTSD if you are languishing. That's interesting. It doesn't at all shock me that it's a precursor to depression and anxiety. I think the link to PTSD is fascinating. I don't know if I fully... Um, if I can fully form a theory as to why that would be three times more likely uh, for PTSD specifically. I think if you are, well, let's, let's break that down for just a second here. I think if you're in a role and you are languishing, Uh probably there's something about it that isn't causing you depression and isn't letting you succeed in it, thrive, flourish. Yeah. Then, when you look back on it, you're probably like, oh, yeah, that was an unhealthy situation for me. Yeah, well, and I guess if I, I don't know enough about this, but uh, I personally believe and can see the link between PTSD and anxiety, you know, of like PTSD, mm-hmm. like post-traumatic stress disorder, you know. So if I go back to uh, what we talked about in seemingly every other episode, when I was laid off, you know, that probably was PTSD in some sense of like that was a traumatic event. And yep. then I probably entered into... I don't know, maybe it was languishing, but I thought it was depression. Yep. Interesting. And I was thinking too, when you were describing it, I was like, okay, well, this sounds like why the field of coaching exists, right? Because yep. coaches don't work with people. I shouldn't say we don't work with folks. I have anxiety. I work with a coach. Um, but like generally, you know, if a person is so stuck in the past that they then they're struggling to like move move out of the past. They can't even yep. envision a future for themselves. I would say that's depression showing up, mm-hmm. and that's a time to be in therapy to help heal the past. But I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I just need to look for the languisher people, the people who are like not depressed but feeling just joyless and aimless. I really like those two words as anchor points, and I think anxiety can fit in there too because I think there's I don't know what the latest research would say, but there's a lot of folks out there with anxiety. <laughs> 
Are you feeling joyless and aimless? Well, please connect with Shannon. <laughs> no, I, mean, I thought you were asking me this, but I was like, uh, no, <laughs> not particularly. But I can relate to that sensation and a lot of compassion for it. So they said one of the most important things here, and we'll get into some solutions on how you can kind of deal with feeling languished. Um, but it's important to name the feeling. Because yeah. once you name it and you say, I am languishing, that's one of the best strategies for then managing that emotion. And we've talked about this in various other podcasts. If you can name the emotion that you are feeling or the state that you are in, it's a humongous step forward in trying to um, trying to impact and 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 move past it. Yeah. In this moment, I'm curious, can you identify a time where you felt like you were languishing? I think when I, I mean, I think we were all kind of languishing at the beginning of the pandemic and even through all of 2020. Like, it just felt like, to what end, right? Like, we all might be dead here and I'm supposed to, like, keep working? Yeah. Like, their stores are all closed. I can't leave my house. But I'm just going to sit here and, like, keep doing things as if nothing has changed in the world. Yeah. The pandemic for sure created, I think, so much, so much aimlessness because there was just such Mm -hmm. a long extended period of uncertainty where you Mm -hmm. felt like I felt, shouldn't project, I felt like, man, I don't know if I can make plans because I don't freaking know what tomorrow or next week is going to hold. Mm-hmm. Even even like basic, like even like a, a Zoom date with somebody. Was my kid's school going to be closed the next week? I don't know. Which yep. can lead to that aimless feeling if it's focused more on the doing versus the being. But that's a different conversation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about a solution to languishing. Yeah. And it's really funny because this is a word that Shannon brought up earlier. <laughs> and the answer is flow. Which I don't know if your use of it is the same way that I'm going to use it now. So I will describe what this version of flow is. Yeah, and tell you can me tell more. me that you were saying the same thing. And then I'll say that it's been a very serendipitous day. So flow is that elusive state of absorption in a meaningful challenge or a momentary bond where your sense of time place and self melts away so from that descriptor i would say flow is like being in the present correct you were just so in the present moment yeah there's a but no i I read a whole book on flow i would not recommend it but yeah that's how it describes it where it's the points where your sense of time place and self melt away Mm mm-hmm That's beautiful. So the idea is like if you're if you're feeling if you're languishing, right? You're feeling aimless. You're feeling um, what were the other words? Joyless. Aimless and joyless. Yeah. If you can get into a a state of flow where everything else kind of melts away and you're just doing that thing, right? You're connecting with a friend. You're playing game. I don't know. Then you can pull yourself out of that languishing state. Okay, so the idea is that you can focus and spend time doing a task. You can do it and not feel like your attention is fragmented. If you are languishing, anything that you do will always feel fragmented. So here are some solutions to try and get to flow. Uh, We got two solutions. One is give yourself some uninterrupted time. 
So set boundaries, block time, keep it sacred. So the example that he gives is years ago, a Fortune 500 software company in India tested a simple policy. No interruptions on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday before noon. When engineers managed the boundary themselves, 47 had above average productivity. But when the company set quiet time as official policy, 65% achieved above average productivity. So getting more done wasn't just good for performance at work. We now know that the most important factor in daily joy and motivation is a sense of progress. Which makes me throw back to episode 30 and temporal landmarks. If you want to remember about temporal landmarks and how they can be very, very good at sensing progress. Yeah. Giving yourself that check-in point, right? To like, Mm -hmm. how am I doing? And then how do I reset based on how am I doing? Exactly. And I think too... If you're going to block time to get something done, keep it very sacred. Like I know my wife and her company have Tuesday mornings always blocked. And I would say for the most part, she's very successful in keeping it like meeting and slack free. And in those days, she gets like a ton of stuff done. And I think that's really important, especially now when we're. Some of us are working remote. Some of us are working in person. But just even having... I uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm going to derail myself here. I feel like so much of the things that we think about are people in a job who work primarily like through email. Like not a lot of like physical work. Yeah. But I think even back on when I did physical work, right? Like I was a, a cart caddy at my local Cub Foods in high school. Nice. Another thing I learned about you today. <laughs> but there were like things that I would need to do like with uninterrupted time, right? Like when I would go and um, like break down cardboard, it was like, I need to really focus and break down cardboard. So, hey everybody, I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes like breaking down and crushing cardboard and please don't distract me because I could lose a finger or something. Yeah. And so I think our examples can work in all sorts of work settings. I think we very much, mostly because that's how I work and that's how you do some of your work, is think about that like email meeting type work, not yeah. the physical working. But I think it, I think it works across all, right? There's going to be tasks where you need just the time to go and whether you're counting out your register or doing whatever it is, like there are jobs where you need in all jobs, like you need to set boundaries and keep that time sacred. Yeah, for sure. What's uh, coming to mind for me here though, is I remember doing an Instagram poll once where I asked people like, how many of you feel like you can like have a be right back for an hour and that's okay. And you're like, that, that would be fine. Like you feel Mm -hmm. like comfortable doing that. of like closing your email for an hour like putting on do not disturb on your phone for an hour, going into airplane mode and just like getting some things done. Uh, it was like 50% of them felt like they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I have so much compassion for that. Cause I remember feeling that way at different times, but it's like, if, if this is feeling daunting or overwhelming to any listeners out there, like, can we start with anything? Can we start with 10 minutes? Is mm-hmm. there 10 minutes that you can give yourself uninterrupted? And then can we build from there? Because it is, 
I think, vital to our mental health. <laughs> As mm-hmm. this article says, it's vital to ensure that we're not having that sense of languishing. Well, and I think uh, if you are really struggling with it, the one piece of advice I would say is think about when a meeting that's blocked for an hour or something ends early. You are supposed to be in that meeting, yeah. right? So if you want to, if you got an extra 15 minutes, use that as your first chance to get 15 minutes, right? Block yourself, put do not disturb on and use that because everybody expects you to be in that meeting. Yeah. Can we just like take another detour time. for a minute? Let's I'm curious to have a detour on this. Why do you think it is that folks feel like they can't give themselves uninterrupted time? I will, I will answer for myself. I won't project on others. I will say for me, I want to be available when I'm working Uh because I want to be not available when I'm not working. And so I want to be overly available in those moments to allow myself some boundary of outside work time. Mm. But it, it is incredibly difficult. Yesterday I finally got into almost a state of flow on like something I was working on. And then someone was like, Hey, I want to talk to you. And then I like talked to that person. And then while I was talking to that person, someone else was like, Hey, I want to talk to you. I was like, okay, let me finish with this other person. And then it totally derailed me and I couldn't get back to what I was doing at all. Right. I was just like, I was 85% of the way there. And then I just lost all momentum and steam and it just like, wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And I can relate to that too. I think it, I loved how you put it though. It's like, well, I'm trying to be available now. So I don't have to be available later. Yeah. For me, it's like about other people's perceptions, you know, or, or what I hear from my clients too. It's like, Oh, well, I'm, what will they think? Will they think that I'm just like slacking off? It's like, no, like, so that reminds me of another strategy that I started to use at some point, if it's helpful for folks of like telling people like, Hey, I'm going to go into, I call it full focus time. I'm going to go into some full focus time for an hour. Is there anything you need quick before I do that? (laughs) And then it's like a, Everybody knows, everybody's on the same page that that's what's happening. And it can take some of the like second guessing or, or shaming ourselves for giving ourselves what we need in that moment. Cause it's like, no, they know you're not like going to butts on Instagram for an hour. You're going to have full focus time. Anyways, I was just curious to take that detour. I'd forgotten about that poll that I did and how many folks uh, wrestle with giving themselves an uninterrupted time. So I think it was easier it. in person too. Because people could see that you were there. Yeah. Because I remember when I was at Target, and it was, I'm pretty sure it came from that movie, The Social Network. But we would say, all right, we're going to go like into, um, what, I had the word for it, now I don't remember anymore. But it was like, I'm going to put on my headphones, I'm like, oh, locking in. I'm going to lock in. Oh. I need the next hour to like lock in. And if anybody needs anything, like, just let me be for an hour. I'm going to put on my headphones and like try and focus yeah, to get this thing done. And it, it is, it's much easier to just tell everyone around you like, Hey, I'm going to lock in, give me an hour and then let's do whatever you need. Um, and I think it's very different digitally to do that. Yeah. I, I think you can, but you just can't give everybody like the heads up, right? Like I, I see people do it all the time on Slack. It's like, Hey, I'm like focus time. Like, please do yeah. not disturb or like 
take my puppy for a walk or whatever it is that they're doing. So like, you know what people are doing. And I think it's a good way to tell others. I think people are still, I personally am still nervous to do that to the same extent. Interesting. Why? Like, I just, I'm like, even if you're saying, even if you're saying proactively, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be jumping into full focus time for an hour. Catch you in 60 minutes. Any, or, or, or I'll always, honestly, I have to do this with my husband the most. And honestly, my husband's going to listen to this episode. He's going to be like, are you kidding me? You interrupt me all the time when we're working from home. Um, but I will like go to the coffee shop to really, you know, work on whatever values and vision content for that week. And I'll tell him in advance. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to the coffee shop for an hour. Is there anything you need before I leave? You know? So it's like, this is your chance. Mother effort. If you need anything, yeah. now is the time to ask. Please don't Speak bug now. me. So even if you do that, you still feel like you can't? No, I think I could. I think because we're just like one-on-one with Rami today. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's break it down. I think no, people I think will it's... be able to relate to this, though, honestly. And like, How do we offer the solution but then talk about the, the feelings that you might be having about this? I think part of it is also like blocking calendar. I think a lot of people have lots of open spots on their calendar Uh purposefully and then get upset when someone's like, oh, I'm going to book you in 45 minutes because you're free. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I've got a gap. I'm going to go ahead and proactively block it. And then someone has to like inconvenience me to try and connect. And I think that's how I do it from a calendar perspective. And then... Because of that, it just, it takes an extra step for people to connect with me because I'm like blocked, right? If they look at my calendar, it's like, oh, Rami's busy. And that's how I like do it. So it's, I, I'm not saying that I don't, I'm saying I just do it in a different way. Yeah. And that's great. We're, we're offering different options. One teeny tiny thing, and then we'll transition off of this, I promise. One feature transition. that I love on the iPhone lately Maybe other, maybe it's like always been there, but I've just been noticing lately is like, it will tell you when you're texting someone and it's like, they have notifications silenced right now. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I want to just celebrate the hell out of any time I text somebody and they have notifications silenced. And I think that's like another like example of where it's like, you know, you're Mm -hmm. signaling to folks even through text, like I'm in quiet time right now or I'm at, it's like my bedtime right now, even if that's not your bedtime or whatever it is. So anyways, sidebar, I really love that. Way to go, Apple. Okay. Yeah, but don't you feel dumb when you like text someone and you don't get that and then they respond and then you text them back and then they're like, okay, now it's silence. It's like, I was just talking to you. Like, come on. Oh, I guess I haven't noticed that. But to me, I'm like, that would make sense. So I think I have, I have to go check my settings, but I'm pretty sure I have from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. As That's how mine is, yeah. Do not disturb like, do not time disturb. or whatever. Um, and so if I'm like texting with a client at 745, like, yeah, they might see that. I've never thought about that. <laughs> um, and that they might be like, what now? Really? But I guess that would be the story that I would tell myself is like, oh, they just have default hours set on their phone. Yep. Like I do. Anyways. Okay. What's the second solution? So solution one was give yourself some uninterrupted time. Solution two was focus on a small goal. Small wins, right? Solve, like, my kid loves doing this puzzle that has those dumb googly eyes on it. Cute. 
And I feel a real sense of accomplishment when we finish it because it's not simple, but it's not super hard, but it is really nice to finish something. Um, Shannon and I have been playing Wordle, so you could solve a Wordle or you could be doing Wordle to the point where all you see are five letter words and that is an unhealthy thing. So maybe stop with Wordle. Um, I saw a new one. I don't remember what it was called, but you have to solve three of them at the same time. Whoa. And it comes out to the same, comes out to three different words, but you have to solve them together. They're like connected, like a crosswordy kind yes. of situation. Yes. Oh, wow. Don't wow. do that. It's horrifying. You have 37 guesses to get it. It's horrifying. Oh, yes. Um, just find a small win. So if that means carving out daily time to focus on a challenge that matters to you, an interesting project, a worthwhile goal, a meaningful conversation... Um, sometimes it's a small step towards rediscovering some of that energy and enthusiasm that you've missed during all these months. So let's real life this. What's like, what's your small goal today? Or what was your small goal yesterday? My small goal is always to solve my wordle. (laughs) And I do that. I'm like, oh yeah, like we can move forward today. There are some days where I'm like, I'm not going to solve this wordle. And I'm like, uh, this is not starting out in a good way. Yeah. Do you just like keep it as an open tab on your phone? No. One of my friends uh, is really good about doing it in his time zone, which is ahead of me in the morning. Uh-huh. And so then I have like his text and I don't ever look at his text until I can do it. And then I will do it and then send it to him. But there's some days where I do it for him and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely succeeding nice. today. <laughs> I just keep it as an open tab now. It's a sad day when I forget to do it. Break that streak. (laughs) Okay. So that was languishing. And I just want to conclude in the same way that he kind of concludes, because I think it's really good. Languishing is not just in our heads. It's in our circumstances. So not depressed does not mean that you're not struggling. And not burned out doesn't mean that you're fired up. So by acknowledging that so many of us are languishing, we can start giving voice to quiet despair and lighting a path out of the void Mm. beautiful chef's kiss i love that quote that's it that's languishing okay so advice again if you feel like you're so signs you're languishing you're feeling joyless and aimless but not depressed but also not flourishing so joyless and aimless two signs solution one give yourself that uninterrupted time to get a sense, get into a sense of flow. Solution two: focus on a small goal, even if it's just I'm going to solve the wordle today. Mm-hmm. We're huge fans of solving the wordle, or today. put away it's your laundry, or something. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Just like accomplish something so that you can feel like you're making progress. Because I think that was the issue with 2020 and 2021. Is like we never felt like we were making progress. Yeah. Yeah. With that, we would love for you to connect with us on LinkedIn at Workplace Hugs or on Instagram and tell us what your small goal is today. I think that one feels like fun because I I want to hear the small goals. Yeah, we don't need to know if you're languishing or not. Just tell us what your small goal is today. Inspire all of us to find the small goal of the day, if you will. Yes. With that, I've been Shannon. I've been Rami and this has been Workplace Hugs. (laughs) 